Welcome to Tomorrow's Tech Today, bringing you the latest in technology, talent, and transformational change. With me, your host, Professor Sally Eaves. Today, we're focusing on International Women's Day, exploring different journeys in business and technology careers, sharing experiences and lessons learned along the way, including areas such as leadership, mentoring, STEAM learning, and lifelong learning, alongside shared commitments to impactful CSR and scaling technology as a force for good. And to do this, I'm delighted to have with me some fantastic guests from Kingston Technology. Firstly, Debbie Fowler, who's Emir Channel Marketing and B2B Manager. Welcome to you, Debbie. Thank you, Sally. Nice to be here. And likewise. And also welcome to Anne Keith, who's Regional Director for UK and Ireland. Welcome, Anne. Hi, Sally. Thank you. Thank you. And next, it's Sylvia Gilo, who's Customer Service and RMA Manager. Welcome, Sylvia. Hi, Sally. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And finally, last but certainly not least, it's Avona Seleska, who's a Sales Manager at Kingston Technology. Welcome to you, Avona. Thank you very much, Sally. Pleasure. Great to speak to you all today. I think we'll jump straight in. So much to talk about on, on these topic areas. So my first question really is to set the scene. So I'd love to hear more about your journeys into your current roles and what has helped you in your success. Maybe looking at areas from teams to skills to mentorship, perhaps starting with you, Sylvia. Yes, Sally. I joined Kingston Technology almost 15 years ago as a customer service team leader. After six months, the team moved from a self-support function to join a technical services team. After about three years, I was promoted to manager. And then in 2016, I was given the additional responsibility to look after our warranty team. I'm now part of the established services team that support our customers with pre-sales and after-sales queries. I became a manager before joining Kingston, and I mostly learned on the job by listening and understanding people and what they expected of me. Kingston gave me a chance to be a team leader without knowing my capabilities and trusted me, and that gave me great confidence in my skills. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. Such a strong example of empowerment. I, I absolutely love that. And Debbie, um, perhaps from your perspective, it'd be great to hear from you. Yeah, sure. Um, I started at Kingston 23 years ago, so quite a long time. I joined in customer services, moved to inside sales, then became field sales, our what we call BDMs. When I came back from maternity leave, I was after a little bit more flexibility than field sales role could give me. So I spoke to Anne, who was my boss at the time, and asked if there was any other options. And the position I came back in was a business manager role, which was new to the company. For EMEA anyway, they had them in our headquarters, but not in Europe. So I came back on a three or four day working pattern. A few years later, when uh, I was ready to come back to work full time, um, a marketing team leader position became available for, at, at the time, just our channel team. So I was looking after them for a while. And then I moved into the marketing management, looking after the channel team, B2B product marketing and PR as well. So Kingston's quite exceptional in the way it opens doors so I don't have marketing qualifications but they base the base it on somebody's characteristics rather than the qualifications they've got so 
I've had a lot of opportunities whilst I've been at Kingston. That's superb. I love that. And it's, I always say it's things around character um, and attitude that can never be taught, isn't it? And everything else can be. And I think really Kingston's coming to the fore here in terms of investing in people and in culture. I love that example. And I know, Ivona, you have a really personal example of that, which I think is superb to share. I haven't been in the company as long as some of my colleagues. So Sylvia, for instance, 15 years, Debbie, 23 years, and uh, let's not forget Anne with the great achievement of uh, 25 years. So actually, I would consider myself, Sally, a newbie (laughs) as I joined Kingston only 10 years ago. 10 years, you would think it's a um, great achievement to be in one company. But looking at uh, uh, other colleagues in the call, um, 15, 25 years, 23 years, this is amazing achievement. So just to tell you a little bit more about uh, how I started. So I started in a role as an inside sales account manager. And approximately three years after I joined, as we were integrating two sales teams, uh, I was given an opportunity to progress in the company and became a team leader, which is wonderful. So a few years after that passed, and I was again promoted to inside sales manager and also given a chance to become an EMEA's DRAM business manager to continue to support Kingston, not only regionally, but globally as well. Oh, that's superb. Fantastic, Tia. I'm loving this. I'm loving the longevity as well. It's fantastic. Uh, What a great group. And Anne, I'd love to hear from you. I know you've got an anniversary as well. Yes, indeed I have. As Ivona said, I've been at Kingston for 25 years this year. So yeah, definitely look forward to celebrating that. Fantastic. Party for out of lockdown, I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah, definitely. So I joined joined Kingston um, in a field sales role, or BDM role as we now call it, um, having already had a gained experience doing that job at a couple of other global vendors like Compaq and AST. And then I worked at a Kingston distributor, Datron Tech, for a year or so before coming to Kingston when we first opened our office, um, our EMEA headquarters in Sunbury, which was 25 years ago. I was really happy doing that role. And after a couple of years, Alison Heath, who was our regional director for UK and Ireland at that time, persuaded me to be a team leader for the other BDMs in the UK, which I agreed to do, albeit quite reluctantly. Um, Then in year 2000, um, Alison decided to move to a different role within Kingston, which left a vacancy. She was a really good mentor, actually, and she encouraged me to apply for it. And again, I was quite reluctant to to start with because I just didn't feel I had the right experience. But she did really encourage me. So I applied and I got the job, which was great. And here I am now, 25 years later. Um, So um, I think wherever possible, we do try and promote from within at Kingston, which is great as it gives all our employees the opportunity to gain new skills and experience and try different different things if that's what they want to do. Um, and I think my career um, at Kingston and all of our careers, all of us on this podcast is a great example of that. Absolutely. I think so often people find actually promotion from within to be the most difficult thing. And people tend to look outside of organisations for that next big step. And it's the opposite experience here. So it's amazing to hear that. And I love what you were saying about being encouraged to do something. And so often it is that, somebody believing you to give you that confidence to apply for things. I think that's wonderful. It's great to hear that in action. I love that. Kind of links onto my next question, actually, in many ways as well. Now, I really, really believe that visibility of role models is vital. And along that encouragement as well that we've been talking about can really inspire other people to think, you know, this can be me. I can do that role. And I think that's especially vital to attract more underrepresented groups into technology and business and especially into leadership positions more broadly. 
I'd love to hear a little bit more and share with the audience about your experience here that can help others too. And perhaps going to Sylvia first. Yes, Sally, we have many female team leaders and managers at Kingston, and the number has grown exponentially over the past years who have been internally promoted. This is a great example for Kingston to encourage women to believe in themselves, Yvonne being one great example with us today. I personally have been able to promote two women in my teams to team leaders, and it's been great watching them growing confidence and coaching them throughout their journey. They also in turn are able now to show their teams the opportunities that are available at Kingston for other females. That's wonderful. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. The three C's, confidence, coaching and culture. I could not agree more. And, and you mentioned there, Avona. I'd love you to share your example. I think it's a marvellous one. I really do. Yes, Sally. So about uh, seven years ago, I applied for a new role within our organisation. It seemed uh, like a great fit that would give me an opportunity to realize uh, one of my career goals. I thought to myself, uh, how can I pass this up? But there was uh, just one important factor to consider. Uh, I was seven months pregnant. At the beginning, I hesitated to apply. However, I watched uh, women colleagues who continue to advance uh, their careers while also starting their families uh, in our company. Having witnessed women in Kingston in senior roles such as Sylvia, Debbie and Anne has given me confidence to put my application uh, forward. I felt that taking on a new role while pregnant will be challenging for both myself uh, and our organization. So I approached the topic with as much honesty as uh, possible when talking with my hiring uh, manager. That way we were able to take a collaborative approach to plan for my uh, maternity leave. Ultimately, I am more than satisfied and proud of this career move, to be honest with you. I found that taking on this promotion at that time in my life uh, challenged me as well to be uh, the best version of myself. I hope that I am able to show the women um, that I have uh, the opportunity to work with and mentor that they don't have to make a choice between their career and starting a family that they don't have to postpone their professional advancement uh, to pursue their uh, personal goal, but also to highlight uh, that I was able to grow and advance in Kingston due to support that I received and witnessed from my managers and as well as other women colleagues. That's amazing. I absolutely love that example, Ivana. Thank you so much for sharing that. In terms of visibility of, of this, I think this is really, really powerful and will encourage so many other people to think about this differently. And it's a great example for, for other organisations as well. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much. Um, and Anne, have you got any final comments on, on this topic? Yes, it's a great example for me, Vona, actually. Um, and um, yeah, at Kingston, we are really good at encouraging internal promotion, as I said before. And um, as Yvonne said, we've had, we have several women in managerial roles. I do believe that, um, as Yvonne also said, that people in senior or more visible roles should be aware of the influence that they can have on younger or, or more junior team members. And that we should also always try and be positive and encouraging to give them the chances that we've had. Absolutely. Thank you, Anne. Couldn't agree more strongly. And thinking more broadly around inclusion and diversity of experience, you know, I really believe this matters so much. And it's not only the right thing to do, but also benefits everything we do, from enhancing creativity and team satisfaction to reducing the risk of bias. How do you think we can change the narrative on women in tech and women in business careers more broadly? And what do you see as the role of leaders and collaborations in making this a reality? And I think first, if we go to Debbie on this one. Um, we're in a privileged position at Kingston. 
we're working in IT, we're surrounded by female role models that have risen up through the company to management positions, are in the process of making that rise up in the company. We take this as the normal, but what we have to remember is it isn't the normal for everybody, not for all of the companies we work for, not for all of the countries that we're involved with. We need to help others catch up with where we are. An example being a few weeks ago, one of our PR agent agencies asked us to be involved in an International Women's Day project. Um, so we were working with them and they gave us five characteristics of women. One of them was passion, one was beauty, and one was love. There's still work that we need to do. We need to be out there saying, okay, let's let's see what else we can use. Can we use strong, resilient? See if we can change those to the way that we see ourselves um, as, as we do at Kingston. So what we need to do to change the narrative is to be talking about it not accepting this as, yep, everybody's in the same situation as us, but we need to be out there talking about it. We can't make that change overnight, but it is our responsibility to keep calling that out um, and um, talking about it. Globally at Kingston, 58% of our employees are female, which is a great figure. And it's really nice. We have International Women's Day that gives us an opportunity to talk about that. I'm hoping with some of the new CSR initiatives that we have, we can encourage girls of school age that are thinking about their careers, that IT is an option for them and get them kind of coming around to our way of thinking, opening doors for them. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. What a fantastic example of, of calling that out and, and in a really positive way. That's superb. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, and Anne, I'd love to hear from your perspective on this. Yes, as Debbie said, we're, we're in a really good position working at Kingston. And I have to confess that um, I think I've probably been quite guilty of taking it for granted, actually. At work and within my own social circle, I've always felt equal. And, um, all, and I've always felt that opportunities have been available for women and continue to be. But talking about this topic as part of this podcast has really made me think that we are lucky, actually. And there are many places in the world where this isn't actually the case. So I hope that our younger employees at Kingston can see that there aren't obstacles or barriers based on gender or anything else um, to stop them progressing within the company if they wish to. Um, it's something we need to continue to promote both internally and externally. And as Debbie said, as leaders, we should continue to promote equality for all. Um, International Women's Day gives us a great opportunity for this, but this conversation is important. And I think the discussion should really continue all year round. And um, Debbie also mentioned the CSR activities that we're um, working on. And I'm really excited about starting to get involved in that as soon as we're, as soon as we're able to. Absolutely. I think that's so vital. I think International Women's Day is so important for that focus moment, but it has to be, you know, a 365 commitment. It really, really does. And that's the only way that we can really address things like, for example, a drop-off in girls taking STEM subjects at GCSE and A-level, um, and also applying such skills if you do take them at university in your eventual careers. So there's a lot of things we can address here, and all these collectively can make such a difference. I know, Sylvia, you do a lot of recruiting in your particular role. I'd love to hear from your perspective with some of the women that you're into the company. Indeed, Sally, I recruit a lot in my role and I speak to many young women fresh from university who are concerned that that field of study didn't include technology and they might not be suited to the roles they apply for. 
But we have an extensive training program at Kingston that allows everyone to learn at whatever level they join us. My experience is that many new starters particularly enjoy the hands-on sessions we do. We put a lot of emphasis on training and making technology a bit more accessible to them without having previous exposure to it. It is very common these days in my team that the more senior members train new starters, not just on the day-to-day tasks, but also on the basic technology of our products. I personally find that more and more younger employees become increasingly interested in technology, not just to do their job well, but also for their own personal development and enjoyment. That's superb. And Ivona, I'd love to hear about the intensive program um, around training that you're involved in. Sylvia mentioned uh, we as an organization have an intensive training for all of our new starters, uh, regardless of uh, their position in the company. So, for instance, you will have a technician starting and he will get or she will get exactly the same training as a colleague starting in the warehouse. Training uh, includes technical aspects as well as uh, product training, which is very important for us uh, as we know what we sell. And um, over the years, I've seen many women in the past uh, being a bit reserved uh, to the idea without any previous IT experience, not being interested in, let's say, uh, knowing what's under the bonnet. So uh, they were not as excited as uh, maybe a male colleague would be because they tend to be hands-on. However, uh, once they understood the basics, uh, learning came naturally to them. And um, in our organization, we have uh, had many women in technical roles. So just to give you an example of Debbie, she has uh, became a server business manager uh, some years ago. And we do have many other women that uh, tend to be in technical roles, which uh, shows that we can do uh, anything that we want in our company. Fantastic. I love that. And I think that's so important to to building that curiosity and understanding around technical areas. And so it's lovely to see that being followed through with the example of Debbie there. I love that, Ivona. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that kind of brings us onto the subject of education more broadly as well. Personally, I'm biased here a little bit in the fact that I'm a massive advocate around STEAM learning. So I'd love to hear your perspectives on do you believe now is the time to start moving beyond STEM orientation? So science, technology, engineering and maths to one of STEAM, where arts has that equal stage? And just more broadly, what skills do you think are most vital now as we look ahead to the future of work? And perhaps starting with you, Ivona. Yeah, thank you, Sally. I I think that we don't uh, realise that uh, STEAM is a way of life for everyone. So as children, we are not labelled as scientists or artists. In order to learn and grow, we use arts to show our creativity. We, we use maths uh, to measure or count. We use uh, science to explore. So we label the, uh, the orientation, but in reality, this is part of life already. It's important to put an emphasis on art. Art doesn't necessarily mean painting. Uh, It also means innovative thinking, expression. So by merging science and art, we can uh, not only focus on inventions, but also appreciate aesthetics at the same time. So to give you an example in our organization, if we as a company launch a product and it's not appealing to the audience, let's say color is too bright, design is not edgy and sleek, it's not hip enough, we won't be able to find audience for it. So 
if you uh, you see if STEM is as much important uh, as STEAM. So I think they just ba- basically complement each other. I believe the most vital skills uh, needed when we look into future of work would include uh, creative thinking, empathy, uh, responsibility, and of course, collaboration. And let's not forget using new information and communication technology devices as we uh, use every single day. And uh, most importantly for me, adaptability. We work in an organization that evolves so quickly and we need uh, people that can adapt to the changes. So technology is a field that doesn't stand still, but uh, but it gives us an opportunity uh, to learn and grow. But most importantly, even if we learn and grow, we need to share the knowledge with each other. I think that's the most important for me. Oh, absolutely. And I think we talk about smart technology such a lot, but smart learning and holistic skills for life, giving people that skills confidence is so empowering. And I think everything you touched on there around that STEAM approach really helps support that process. I think that's fantastic. And maybe, Anne, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the role of arts here. Yes, it's it's so important. Um, it should definitely take an equal stage in education and, and shouldn't even really be, be questioned. And our company image is key to our success. And whilst we are a tech organisation, we rely on creative people for our corporate image. So our website, our communications, YouTube, webinars, social media, the list is endless. And all of this is designed and managed by our experienced and very professional trained creative teams. Um, the skills required for those roles um, are quite complex and um, they're very highly skilled and they're equally as important as any STEM skill. Um, like you've only said, we could have the best product in the world, but if nobody knows about it or if it's presented in a bad light or in a wrong way, Nobody will buy it. So, yeah, for, yes, it's definitely very important. Absolutely. Great example there. And I think this brings us nicely on to another really key area that we've touched on a little bit already, which is all around tech for good and particularly about scaling this, something I'm really passionate about. And I know we all share that passion as well. I'd love to hear more and share with the audience about some of the stories, people or projects that you are particularly proud of in this area and can importantly help others to inspire them to get involved as well. Um, Sylvia, perhaps starting with you. Yes, Sally, mine is more of a personal experience. Since the first lockdown, I've been helping my elderly neighbour. It started with some little help with food shopping since he was isolating. And then I started helping him making more use of the technology for things like online banking and buying essentials online. But where technology really helped him was to keep in contact uh, with his loved ones as he felt really isolated from everyone. He's now able to make video calls and he keeps in touch with family and friends throughout social media. So he can now reach out to people more easily for things like a simple chat to keep connected. Absolutely. That's a brilliant example. And it's great, I think, to share this combination of personal examples and professional ones as well. It really gives that whole holistic view. It's an amazing example. Thank you so much. Um, And Debbie, I'd love to hear maybe more about the Kingston CSR team. Yeah, our corporate social responsibility team have been working really hard and great ideas for how we could be helping our community more. So from our relationship with Raspberry which provides equipment for children that don't have systems available to them, but they have to do learning from home during the lockdowns. So helping to make the IT equipment more accessible during lockdowns through our partnerships that we have in place. Before March last year, we had started a school mentoring system with local schools. So this gave us a really good opportunity to 
in, as you said, inspire people to be more involved in technology. So we have people at Kingston that are keen to go and talk to secondary school children about career opportunities in the IT world, give them a view of different careers that are available, some food for thought on where they could see themselves. We want to encourage everybody to look at IT as a career. It gives us as a, an opportunity to support longer term projects so we can really make a difference to people, not just supplying IT equipment, but hopefully helping open their thinking to technology. Other ideas that we have in discussion, Sylvia mentioned earlier our Kingston Technology Training Programme. We have really good feedback from new employees on how the training programme helps to make IT less confusing, in some cases less intimidating. So what if we're able to make that available to children? from so make it accessible from an earlier age make it easier to digest for them so we're looking at how we can take that training po program and make it more accessible we're also in the very early days of looking at setting up a coding club for children and use volunteers from the company to be able to use their skills to teach those classes we want to try and get children excited about what is happening in IT get them interested in all the possibilities from a young age. Exciting ideas that we hope to be able to make available for local children, local schools. I loved Sylvia's example as well as the personal touch, something we can all get involved in on a local, personal level. Bigger programmes might be on hold. So some of the school things we're doing, we can't go into the schools at the moment, but everybody can get involved with somebody with technology. Absolutely. I think that's such an important point because I, I think so many people want to get involved and they want to support the local community. And sometimes it's a question of not knowing the hell um, and having opportunity to do something in like bite sized pieces of time, if you see what I mean. So I think these this combination approach is a really, really powerful one. So I love that. And I know, Anne, you had some thoughts on this as well from, from a personal perspective. Yes, yes, a bit like um, what Sylvia was saying about her neighbour. My mum, um, who's in her 80s, um, has had an iPad for quite a long time, actually, and technology, we're able to be, be without it during lockdown. So people like my mum and Sylvia's neighbour who, who have to stay indoors, they're isolated. They can keep in touch with friends and family during lockdown, which is now almost a year. Um, they can do their own online food shopping, so they don't have to leave the house if they either aren't allowed to or they just don't want to. So yeah, it's, it's really important. And then a work-related example, at work, at the start of the very first lockdown, we really started to embrace the use of Teams for video meetings, which we hadn't really used that much within um, within my team, because we tended to go and visit people and talk to them on the phone. But yes, we started doing more um, meetings, video meetings over Teams with our channel partners and our customers, and also our own colleagues at Kingston. Um, now, I, if I want to talk to someone, um, I don't I don't call them like I would have done. I just IM them and then call them on Teams and look at them, and it, it's lovely. And with our customers and internally, it really feels like so many of our relationships have improved as a result of this. Our calls with the customers have been more regular than when we used to physically visit them because it isn't practical. You can't go and see them every week necessarily and they might not want to see you every week. But um, now we can actually have a weekly update if that's what we want and need. We can include more office-based Kingston people who typically are office-based so they can't go to the customer site. So um, it's really helped our relationships actually and it's also a really good way to get to know people because you get to see them in their own homes. So quite often you're meeting their families and their pets as well, which is um, which is really good fun. 
In fact, one of our colleagues, um, one of our BDMs actually got a new puppy this week. So we've had a very exciting week with our daily pop dates, which um, <laughs> whatever the day throws at us, the pop date cheers us up. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. I love that. Yeah, Archie the dog, my, my, my greyhound is becoming really um, Zoom and other channels famous. So yeah, absolutely. He keeps joining <laughs> in, but you're absolutely right. Even the things you've got in the backdrop, you know, photos and, you know, just little little keepsakes or whatever. We're finding out more a little bit about hobbies or family or pets, everything like that. And it's it's really, tech's been a great conduit to, to get to know people in a different way. And I think that's a really positive thing to come out of this whole experience. So I couldn't agree with you more for that. More pup dates, more Archie fun. I, I <laughs> <Definitely>. totally agree. <laughs> I kind of touching again on, on COVID and actually the, the pandemic experience. Obviously, we've had this accelerated rate of change. We've seen that you know, across all our conversation today. And obviously, this can create pressure as well. And um, we've all needed to develop, you know, around resilience to navigate all of this. And we've touched on a great example with pets there. I think that's a great one. But just more broadly to that, what, what do you do to switch off, you know, help yourself keep motivated and continually learn to build your adaptive around this and if you've got any recommendations to share to help people better cope with challenges and uncertainty because obviously I think this uncertainty is something that's going to continue in different forms but for quite some time so perhaps Sylvia I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yes well what's working from home I've had to become a bit more disciplined in finding the boundaries between work time and me time. I love working out and whilst the gyms are closed I've created a little space at home where I can work out and switch off from work. I also love arts and uh, uh, with classes now moving online, it's been easier to do these whilst watching videos and practice my hobbies. It's also important to have a support group. So um, I keep in touch with my loved ones through video calls and having little Zoom parties that many people have had to adapt uh, by creating new routines to keep me going throughout this challenging time. Absolutely. That's a great point there about that creating of new routines and discipline across time zones, etc. I think that's such an important one to bring to bear. And Debbie, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, for me, it's carving out some time for me. Um, so I'm homeschooling as well as working full time. So it's tricky to make that time for me. It's so easy to start early, get some work done before the kids start schooling, help them with their work. And then roll into phone calls at the end of the day with the states. And then your day tends to never end. It starts early, it finishes late. So it's about, for me, it's about being disciplined, but flexible. So if I do need to be on the call with the states, then make sure I make myself some time, either at the beginning of the day or at lunchtime, so that I can do whatever I need to do on that day. I love exercise, but some days... I need to just go for a walk. Other days, it's just about stretching. So just kind of listening and not beating myself up, not feeling guilty um, about making that time for me and not feeling guilty if I'm not exercising every day, but just doing what I need to do. Absolutely. I think being kind to yourself is, is such an important thing that sometimes we don't talk about enough. And also that evolving that flexibility in the day. I, I, I've been involved in research with, with a fintech type of type of organisation. And they were saying that comparing their happiness, kind of well-being stats, let's put it that way, of their organisation for quarter four 2020 vis-a-vis the year before, they were seeing a 30% increase in satisfaction, well-being, different elements around, around those types of metrics. And part of that, the, the 
kind of anecdotal feedback around it was that people felt that they could take, you know, a time out, for example, with the kids after school, helping helping with homework in a way they wouldn't have felt able to do previously, and then putting an hour in in the evening, and that it was okay and acceptable to do that, and everybody understood it. And I think there's some really important things we can take forward there to say this is absolutely fine. And actually, productivity has increased massively in many organisations that research is showing. So I love that example. So it's carving out time for yourself and in a way that works for everyone, I think is a great, great point. And Anne, I'd love to hear from you about how you've been coping. Yes, um, what I do is I have to put it in my diary. So um, whilst working from home, I've made an effort to obviously keep going with hobbies and activities outside of work because it is really important, like we've just said. So I always try and diarise it like um, like I would for a work meeting. Otherwise, it's very easy just not to do it. So I, if I need to do a workout or something, sometimes I might do it at lunchtime or I put it in for after work at you know six o'clock or sometimes in the morning, not very often, but occasionally. Um so, um, yeah, diarising for me really works. Then treat it a bit like a meeting and it makes me do it. Um, I try and get outdoors. I think it's really important to get outside as much as possible because um, obviously the gyms are closed. I love swimming and the swimming pools have been closed quite a lot. So I try and go out for as many walks or cycling or running as much as possible to get fresh air. I think that's really important just to get out of the house and um, just see something different. And talking about seeing something different, I'm really into evening classes as well. I was doing them before lockdown, um, but because of the online, because we can't go out, and also you can do them online, I actually now do an extra evening class. I do two evening classes a week. And also there were some local um, history lectures on Zoom that I I spotted on one of my runs. So I was doing that um, over the last couple of months. And um, I feel like I'm a real expert now in my local area. Obviously, being I can't go very far, and I've been on, on all these history lectures. So yeah, I've quite learned quite a lot about my local area. So it's it's good to use the time that we have. You know, we're not commuting, so we've got a lot more time where we're we're, we're not travelling every day. Um, so a good way to use that time, really. And then obviously keeping in touch with family and friends is really important. So video calls and um, I. I, again, we tend to schedule them. So we might say, what, what about Friday night or Saturday night and plan it ahead like you might plan a night out? We would plan a video call instead. Um, and um, and I've got to know my neighbours also because I wasn't really there very much before. So I didn't really know my neighbours very well, but I sort of bump into them quite a lot now, putting the rubbish out and, you know, offering shopping and just talking to them in the garden. Because um, I live in a flat, so we have a communal area. So, yeah, I've got to know my neighbours, which is also a really nice thing. There are lots of positives I think have come out of being in lockdown for nearly a year. I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of these kind of values around community are really coming through very, very strongly and positive things that we can take forward. I think it's helped everybody to kind of reflect differently and think about where things are coming from, how you're spending your time. I love that example um, of you know getting to know your local area and everyone around you in, in a different way. I think that's wonderful. I love that. And, and Avona, um, perhaps over to you. I know you do a lot with, with your kids and homeschooling, etc. So how are you balancing everything? Yes, uh, Sally, similar to Debbie, I do have a, uh, the pleasure to support my children with homeschooling. Sometimes I'm not sure if it's pleasure or not. <laughs> However, <laughs> it seems that the day is not enough to complete the tasks uh, at hand. So as a family, what we've decided is to take each day stress-free and uh, also to add on screen-free. So what I mean by uh, stress-free if some of the schoolwork is not done during the day, we don't stress about it. We just uh, try to do it when uh, there's more motivation 
and when it's easier for my children to actually start uh, doing the work. So I'm very blessed because my kids also support each other, which helps me with my work, uh, where sometimes I'm not able to uh, help them due to the calls uh, that I have to attend during the day. They speak to each other and uh, help each other, which is great. We don't use uh, electronic devices during uh, the week. Uh, so, of course, this excludes um, work and school devices because, of course, we all need to work and learn. However, our evenings look a bit different now. So instead of uh, spending the evenings on uh, iPads, phones or watching TV, we simply spend them with each other. So we interact, we talk, we play cards, and it's uh, such a nice time that we can actually spend together. Because as Debbie mentioned herself, she's a, a working parent, so am I. And we were in the office most of our time. When we get home, uh, our evenings are quite busy uh, preparing something for kids to eat, uh, making sure they are ready for the next day. So we don't uh, have as much time to catch up with uh, with them. And during the Weekends, weekends go even faster. There are usually some activities that uh, children attend. Education as well is quite important. So the weekend tends to go very quickly. So definitely what I cherish is spending more time and interacting with my family. And uh, as we've been living for almost a year now in a virtual world with each other, it's so uh, nice to uh, spend quality time with uh, with uh, your own families and who uh, to do it best with your kids. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. And I love the way that you've created that very special kind of off-screen time. I love that. I think that's a great example. I think that will resonate with so many people. Love it. I think we'll have one final question. I think we've got time for one more. So I think if we come back to International Women's Day for a second and think about the future of work, what does that look like to you as we look at that now? And what do you hope has changed as we come back to reflect on this again next year? So perhaps, Sylvia, over to you. Well, having been at Kingston for almost 15 years, working in a tech company doesn't feel daunting. Hopefully, we are in a position to show new generations of women how accessible it is for them too and a place where they can grow and find an inspiring and enjoyable career to develop. It is important to keep increasing the representation of women in technology and in business and also in leadership roles so that hopefully we keep encouraging the next generation of women to come forward word uh, for this position too and to find the confidence to grow within their roles. Absolutely. Great example there. And Avona, I'd love your thoughts. Yes, Sally, uh, we have seen over the years in our organization uh, the way women continue to be empowered uh, to be in team leading positions. So prime example you would see is Anne, Debbie, Sylvia, and of course uh, myself joining them as a, a newbie. <laughs> we motivate each other and uh, change the way we interact with each other, which is very important. When uh, I became a team leader, uh, being quite new uh, to the role, I had to learn how to present to the bigger audience. And to be honest with you, my presentation skills were not limited, but um, this is something I tend to shy away from. So I had a chat with Debbie and uh, she has motivated me. When we discussed the topic about presentation, her words uh, to me uh, were, 
I just love it. I love it. I love to be in the center. Um, I'm a star. I'm shining. <laughs> I thought to myself, wow, <laughs> if Debbie can do it and it comes <laughs> so easy, I just have to change my mindset. If I do, it will become so much easier. And it did. Maybe not at the beginning, <laughs> but it's time it did. So uh, women do bring more warmth to our organization with positive attitude and adaptability. We do realize that uh, this virtual way of work will stay with us uh, one way or another. It's great because we can interact quicker. And as mentioned uh, in our discussion today, we can speak to someone in a different country and we don't actually have to spend hours and hours to travel and we can have a face-to-face -face, uh, conversation. This is very important. To add, we have a pleasure to work in an organization uh, that also shows compassion and understanding, um, especially uh, to supporting working parents. So to highlight uh, one example, we, we have been receiving emails from our HR department that we have to uh, support each other in these difficult times. And it's quite important that company as ours is so compassionate and caring. We had uh, new women starters joining our organization. And they, to be honest with you, they were shocked to see how attentive our company is to working parents. And of course, we can use this to our advantage because we can add more uh, flexibility Currently, uh, working parents can do so many different things and we can bring more value to our work and uh, life. So work-life balance is very important for everyone now. And we are living in exceptional times and most likely continue to. We need to think of ideas to be flexible and adaptable. And having a work-life balance, a lot of women will be able to progress further in their careers and the virtual way of work will support this transition as well. Fantastic. I think that is such a great way to end our conversation today. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you to all of you, to Debbie and Sylvia and Avola. I'm looking forward to coming together so we can reflect on this again next time next year. So thank you all for listening to Tomorrow's Tech Today. And we'll be sharing this across all the usual channels and look forward to your feedback too to continue the conversation. Thanks everyone. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tomorrow's Tech Today. If you enjoy what we're doing, please subscribe to us and leave a review. It really means a lot. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram and see more behind the scenes video footage on YouTube. Thanks for listening.